Nehemiah 8 and 5, and when he opened the book, all the people stood up. The book of Genesis, the third chapter and the ninth verse. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? In my living Bible, you know I have it. I got to read my living Bible. It's saying, it simply reads, and Adam replied, he started replying, I, I, I hear you coming and didn't know uh, that you see me. And then God told him, um, Adam, why are you hiding from me? Now I'm going to ask you to the pen, put a pen there. Put a pen there and turn to the book of uh, Jeremiah. That would be the book of Jeremiah, the fifth chapter. And the uh, first verse. It Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and see now and know and seek in the broad places, places thereof. If ye can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon. My living Bible says, run up and down through every street in all of Jerusalem. Search high, search low. And see if you can find one fair. Somebody ought to say, I gotta find him. An honest man. Search every square and if you find just one. Somebody say, I ought to be the one. I will not destroy the city. That is the word of God for the people of God. That this morning for the glory of God always. Amen. You may be seated. You don't mind if I take my time. My brothers and my sisters, the most impactful questions uh, that is asked, uh, let, let me just say, let me, I didn't give you what you need to say this morning. Let me back up a little bit. I, I want somebody to look at somebody, anybody, and just simply tell them the air, like dad says, tell the air. Uh, he said, I believe that the day, today more than ever before, a good father is hard to find. Amen. You may be seated. A good father is hard to find. My brothers and <clears throat> my sisters, the most, as I said, the most impactful questions that is asked of every father and every man is, where are you? And God is asking us this morning, where art thou? This is a question not asked by another man. 
This is a question not asked by other people, but it's asked of God, and it's asked of God all by God's self. It's asked of God because in a very real and righteous sense, Adam was and is as modern man, he is God's masterpiece. When, when, when God created the sun, the moon, and the stars, my brothers and sisters, he just spoke. And he said, let there be. Well, that's what our God can do. But he does more. When he got, got ready to cover the earth with grass and trees and all sorts of vegetation, he just said, bring forth. When he, God, wanted to put animals in the forest, birds in the air, yep. fish in the seas. Yes, yes. All he did was just open his mouth Come on. and say, bring forth. Right. But Adam was God's masterpiece. And, and, and God, when he looked at Adam, here's what God did. God went into consultation with right. himself. Right. As the father he went in the consultation unto himself as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. And God saw a reproduction, when he looked at Adam, he saw a reproduction within himself. That is. What, 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 what could we say? Well, what do you mean? He, okay, he gave Adam a mind so he could think. That's right. He gave him a brain so he could rationalize. And he equipped him with an immortal soul, which, this is what I'm telling you, it, 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 it elevated him much higher than all the animals. And then after that, he gave him kinship with himself. Right. <clears throat> Let me tell you, God thought so much of Adam that if there ever were Hilton, uh, if there ever were a CEO of the whole earth, Adam was the one. But there is a question going on in God's mind. He said, Adam, where art thou? Now, superficially speaking, and on the outward appearance, uh, outward appearance Adam, where art thou? Sounds like a geographical question. It seems as though God is interested in Adam's physical whereabouts. But however, God's question to Adam was much deeper than geography. Geography might say, a man, where, where, where are, are thou? Fathers, where are all y'all at? But, but, uh, Adam, but Adam, where art thou? was really a theological question. God was really, let me tell you, he was really saying to Adam, where art thou in terms of our relationship to him? Where art thou in terms of our loyalty to the one who formed us out of the dust of the ground and breathed into our nostrils the breath of life and 
caused us to become a living, breathing souls. Adam, where art thou? That is, where are you in terms of your relationship uh, with the divine landlord, the one whose house that you've been in, Adam? Where are you? Because Adam was was uh, only uh, the only one that God was inspired of himself by and found glory in himself when he looked at Adam. And just like Adam, God, my brothers and sisters, is essentially saying the same thing today. That is that our houses are in need of a filling and a sizable and inordinate necessity for real fathers and real men. So if we survey fathers, the word father in the Greek, we all know it, Abba, which relates to his children and his household because God, in, in, in whatsoever language that we speak, God is entitled to speak back to us because he knows uh, what language in, to speak to us in. So he's, we know him as father. Greek knows him as Abba. Other titles know him in other languages. But whatever the name we might call him, that requires, it requires some form of commitment. That's right. For instance, for instance, it takes more than baggy pants, tight pants, pants up, and pants down to be a father. It takes more than the old school talk, baggy britches to make a man. If you wear your jeans short or long or skinny neck or skinny leg, uh, you wear your britches on your back, your thighs, or your knees, or your ankles, uh, but, but God, after you do all this, God still needs a father. So it takes more than dressing up and dressing down to create the atmosphere of fatherhood. God does not want something that looks like a man on the outside without the high heels, but God wants men deep down on the inside. Deep, 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 deep down as well on the inside. Uh, why? Why do I say, well, these heels are, 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 and sandals are scaring me. I, I put on sandals and it scares my, myself, so I have to take them off. But God wants a little something. God wants a whole shoe. I wonder how I got witnesses in this place. God wants a shoe on your foot. You can put sandals on your foot, but keep the high heels off your feet. My brothers and my sisters. So one day, the Lord, this is what happened to our scripture. One day, the Lord told the prophet Jeremiah to write an invitational word to the people of Israel. Because Judah was going through some things, just like we're going through some things. They're going through some things in their day. And the Lord said, Here's what you're going to do, Jeremiah. Search and find me some real good fathers and real good men. The Lord just does not want just some men, but the Lord wants a whole lot of men. But God wanted not just a whole lot of men. God wanted some real good men and real good fathers. Philosophers across the ages have complained that uh, Human, human uh, creatures are plentiful, 
but real men are scarce. All, all, we, we all know the true meaning of the word man. Everybody knows what a man ought to be or should be. The one who distinguishes the human being from an animal. That's a man. The other is one which applies to the uh, process of the highest qualities of manhood. What are the highest qualities of manhood? The highest qualities of manhood is the salt of the earth and the light of the world. It should be one who, men, that, that's what God was searching for in Jerusalem. Such, uh, such one we know as we are saved every week. Those one or two of us might get saved. Such a one is a savior of the world, that man Christ Jesus. The union of qualities needed to make up a man in the highest and truest sense. In other words, these qualities are part physical, part mental and part spiritual. This was the kind of man or that God was searching for in Jerusalem. And this kind of man, the kind of man God is searching for today, somebody ought to say run, run. Somebody ought to say run. Well, I'm going to say run. Run, God says to Jeremiah. Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and find me some real good men. Well, very, very quickly, there are three integral ingredients that encapsulates fathers and encapsulates men. First of all, uh, fathers should typify cohesiveness and commitment. In other words, what are you talking about? In other words, we ought to be able to stick to something that's called God. And we ought to be able to stick to something that's called good. In other words, what does that entail? It entails truth and honesty should be a part of our father's makeup. Now, don't get me wrong. Fathers are not perfect. Men are not perfect. But it, we should uh, strive to be uh, men uh, that are equipped with something called honesty and truth. Because if we observe a lie, a lie can get up naked and go around the world before the truth gets its clothes on. God is on the side of truth. You've heard truth might get up a little slow, but it'll win out every time. Our forefathers used to say, if you got good religion, I think I have some witnesses out there, you ought to show some signs. And then and it didn't go like you said. You ought to show some time. And it didn't stop saying the signs. Uh, if there were no signs, they would submit that there's a leak. Y'all know it already. I don't even have to say it. They're in the building because there's a leak going on somewhere. I guess before I go any further, I just need to pause right here and thank God for fathers. I want to thank God for the fathers in the house. I want to. Thank God for the fathers in the home today as we are uh, viewing. Thank God for the men who on this past week that were on the prayer line. Not macho, not masculine, uh, not muscular, not biology, psychology, sociology, but thank God for men on the prayer line this week. But, 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 I, I, 
but and then because because the prayer line, men on the prayer line. But a man's business, as we're on the prayer line, a man's business ought to be the first business and the last business ought to be to glorify God as his father. So we ought to thank God and praise God for men who glorify God as our father. Some years ago, an ancient philosopher was walking through the streets of the city with a lantern. He had a lantern in his hand. Someone asked him what he was doing, and he, he replied, I'm looking for an honest man because a good man is hard to find. The situation in Jeremiah's day is familiar, just same as ours much in a sense today. He was urging people to run throughout the city and the streets and see if you can find a man that practiced justice and proclaimed truth. Jeremiah's conclusion was that God would square if he went square throughout the city if you could find just one man. Now just like the ancient philosopher was walking through the streets of the city, God informs uh, Jeremiah to look. Now there's an if in that scripture, if in the middle of the text. Because from a geological perspective that focuses on the earth from its birth, current condition, that is uh, the earth's formation, evolution, uh, uh, plate, tactics, and current global change, God knew what Jeremiah was up against. But still, he used that two-letter word, if. You know, my brothers and sisters, God is a God of if. If you can find him, if you can find him, you can find somebody. God is a God of not only if, God is a God of a second chance. I think I have two or three men that understand what I'm talking about. But God is not only a chance, uh, not only a God of a ch second chance, but he's God of a third and a fourth chances. Because the first and foremost thing that God needs is, is a committed man. Go run to and fro. Men like you and like me, because if any is found, because the God is looking for men. Now, you know, sometimes we think God can go out of bounds, but when God goes out of bounds, he's going to get us back in bounds. I wonder, have I got two or three witnesses that understand what I am talking about? Then, second of all, the additional ingredient that encapsulates fathers is a strong character and a strength of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus was the manliest person who ever lived, and yet he did not know, uh, he, he knew how to enter into the sorrows of others. An outstanding preacher said one day, he said, how long, how long will it take us to learn that there are two things in life that really count? One is character and the other is human compassion. And if you look in your Bibles today, that human compassion, Acts 10 and 38, of, says of Jesus that he went about doing good. He did not say he went about good. He did not say he went about tearing down and tearing up. He went about doing good. But then the third and last integral ingredient that encapsulates fathers involves movement. In other words, my brothers and sisters, get up. Uh, not sisters today, but men. Get up, fathers. Get up and begin to search for real fathers and real men that 
not only that our fathers, but men who have a testimony. Just allow me to say before I close that God is doing the same thing today that he did to Jeremiah on yesterday. Run, go, seek in broad places, in small places, that if you find a man, well, if we find what we found on yesterday, you're going to find that Sodom and Gomorrah was lost for the lack of a few good men. But whatever the case might be, my brothers and sisters, I want to tell you this morning that God, I wonder have I got two or three witnesses, y'all got quiet on me. God is able to find a man. Well, why are you saying God is able to find a man? Well, God found men. He found a man in Moses who led his people out of Egypt. God found a man in David who became a man after God's own heart. God, God found a man in Joshua who brought down the walls of Jericho. God found a man in Nehemiah who rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. God found a man in Israel and he said on that same season, he said in the year that King Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord. God found a man in Job. He was the perfect and upright man. A man who lived in us. Can't you hear him when he tells his critics that accuse him of being a hypocrite? He, he, he starts going through his painful days, lost his family. He said, but here's one thing he knew. He knew. He said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And although the skin worm destroy my body, yet, will I, 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 yet in my flesh shall I see God. Somebody ought to be moving in that, uh, in that direction. Well, what you ought to be moving in? You ought to be moving in direction of yet. That's Y-E-T. Yet beside, yeah, I wonder have I got witnesses in this house. Yet beside my flesh shall I see God. And it didn't stop right there. It didn't stop right there. He said, of all the days of my appointed time, I, I'm going to wait until my change comes. I see you in the house right now. You ought to be jumping. But I'm not done right just yet. I'm going to say what Job said. For though he slayed me, yes, sir. Yet, yet, that's that Y-E-T. Yet, yet, will I trust in him? Yet, God found Daniel. That's a praying man. God found three boys: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> and it was a fourth one in that furnace. But you know that's a, that's a story. For another sermon. I want to have that with him. God found a man in Peter, James, and John, Mark, and Matthew, and the other apostles. God found a man, I told you, in a Paul who declared, I can do all things. I hear you shouting at home. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. God found a man in John. John was out there on the isle called Patmos. And John cried out one day. He said, I was in the spirit.
spirit. Yeah, I'm Somebody Lord. ought to get the spirit sometimes. Yeah. I was in the spirit Lord. on the Lord's day. Yes, I'm not done yet. God had to find somebody yeah. that could get some people up. Yeah. God had to find somebody for all fathers and all men. Well, justice couldn't do it. Because there was no mercy in justice. Mercy alone couldn't do it because mercy had no justice. Man couldn't do it because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, why didn't man, why couldn't man come through? Well, let me tell you why he couldn't come through. I tell you why he didn't. Because all we like sheep have gone astray. Have gone astray. I'm not done yet. He didn't stop that. He said the wages of sin is death. But I'm not done yet. He said all men were lost. But God needed a man. A man he could find. So he found somebody. It should have been the S-U-N. But it was the S-O-N. Capital S. It was his son, Jesus Christ, who stepped out and said, I'm going to do it. Yes, sir. So he pulled off his royal robe in heaven. He put on a human robe of sin. He left heaven and came all the way down to save a wretch. One person over here to save a wretch like you and me. He came all the way down and walked in the judgment hall. He walked from one judgment hall to another judgment hall, and Pilate had to give his sentence. But I can't stop there. Oh yeah. But Pilate made a mistake. He sentenced him, made him walk up to Calvary. When he got to Calvary, they put him on the cross. They stretched him wide, but they found out that they made a mistake. They forgot that Jesus Christ said that if I, if I be lifted up from the Joseph knew Barbara too. Well, Damn it was Barbara because he wasn't going to stay there long. Friday, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night.
fool man can get wisdom. That's the power where a good man can get better. That's the power where a bad man can get good. And that's the power, that's the power where a dead man can be get up and be made whole. He can live again because that power one day rested in Jesus because he closed by saying and I closed by saying Jesus paid it all. Yes, sir. Oh, to him I owe. 